So the name of this service is Tenebrae, which I believe is Latin for darkness or shadows. And the idea of the service is, is basically the Christmas Eve service in reverse. Or the Christmas Eve service, we take the light from one candle and spread it out to everyone to show the good news spreading through the world. And Tenebrae shows through the passion of Christ an increasing darkness as our Savior takes upon our punishment. The service is meant to impress upon us the darkness that Christ endured on this Friday as he fulfilled God's plan to save sinners, you and me. In order to reflect and process the meaning of all that we've experienced tonight, I want to go through three questions to help us make sense of Good Friday. First, what is the darkness? And second, why did Christ suffer? And third, what is the meaning of the last candle? What is the darkness? There are three aspects of the darkness that we are sitting in to remind us of. First, the darkness is the evil power over this world. We heard Jesus utter these words at the arrest. When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. What is this power of darkness? Paul explains its real source in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The darkness represents the war of the evil one against God. We were promised that the evil one would come to attack God's son back in the Garden of Eden as God declared to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The Passion account represents the great strike of the serpent, this enemy of God and his people. But second, the darkness is our own sinfulness. The crucifixion was also the work of men controlled by the sinfulness of their hearts. We see this sinfulness in the jealousy of the religious leaders, in the greed and betrayal of Judas, in the desertion of the disciples. We see it in the cowardly renunciations of Peter. We see it in the equivocation of Pilate, in the jeers of the crowd, the invectives from those crucified with him. We see it in the beating of the breasts of the people when it is all over. The crucifixion of Christ was the full manifestation of man's heart of darkness. And we cannot understand this horror from a distance. Christ did not suffer and die to expose the darkness of their hearts but also of our hearts. I've been thinking this week how best to explain that. And as I was on uh, Facebook earlier this week, I came across a meme. I'm not ready for it yet. Yeah, a meme that um, 
is, I don't know if you're familiar with what memes are, but they're just pictures with some words on them, and uh, uh, they, they're kind of like a cartoon. Their they're idea is to express a quick point with an image that's often emotional and, and often uh, very um, polarizing. But they're very popular. You can't hardly go through Facebook without scrolling through many of them. And I came across a meme which is representative of, of hundreds or thousands of memes that are out there circulating today. But I wanted to look at this meme together and think about what it communicates, to use this meme to look at the darkness that we share in the world today. Do we have the image? No? Okay. So this, this was the image. Now, I'm not going to address the social issue of, of what this meme was interested in uh, about homeless vets. That's a, certainly a noble concern. That is a fine message. But what I want us to look at is how it goes about communicating. It scapegoats this woman who has nothing to do with this man's situation. It relies on hate. Can you read what it says? It says, how can this be allowed in the free home and benefits in a a woman who uh, appears Middle Eastern and Muslim? And it looks then at a man, a vet, when this man was allowed to die on the streets after serving this country. And it's a picture of the homeless vet. What I want us to focus on is how this scapegoats this woman who has nothing to do with this man's situation. I want us to recognize how this meme relies on hate. Do you see the hatred? It's racist. This meme seeks to make you judge the woman based on appearances and prejudices. It paints her as an enemy by suggesting she's at fault for what happened to the man. And this judgment is to be made entirely on how she looks. It's dehumanizing. Look at the descriptors used. The man is called a man. But the woman is simply called this, i.e. a thing. The meme tells us not to look at the woman as a person, as someone made in the image of God, because she is not a person like us, and therefore it is acceptable to despise her and hate her and scapegoat her. It's evil. Consider this meme in light of these words from James. He says, The tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Is not this woman an image bearer of God? But the meme wants us to store up hate towards her simply for how she looks. Or consider 1 John chapter 3, verse 15. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Or these words from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. You see, to have hatred, to 
have deep-seated anger, which this meme requires, is to have a murdering heart. In other words, the heart that made this meme is the same heart that crucified Jesus. Now, who was sharing this? How did I come across this? I regret to say that this meme was shared by a Christian man. He did not create it, but he passed it on. This man is not from this congregation, but he is someone in our denomination, a person I know well, a person I know loves Jesus, a person who has served in his church. In short, he is someone like us. And certainly I don't think that he believes all that this meme communicates, but that is no excuse for sharing. My purpose here is not to embarrass, but to reveal how the same darkness of heart that caused the crucifixion lives within us today. In fact, is normal amongst us today. If we have ever had hatred or stored up anger in our hearts, when we come to Good Friday, we need to recognize that we have within us a heart like the crucifiers. Great is the darkness of our hearts. But third, the darkness is also God's judgment against sin. Just as the cross reveals our sin, it also shows the payment for our sin. The land became dark in the middle of the day from noon to three. This darkness was to show that what was happening was according to God's will. Mark's gospel adds at this point, and at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus' words tell us that what was happening in the darkness, Jesus had become sin in the eyes of the Father. In this darkness, God was putting the sins of his people upon Jesus, and Jesus was receiving the wrath they deserved. Isaiah makes this fact of Jesus' suffering clear in the the 53rd chapter of his book where he says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush He has put him to grief. Why was Jesus being punished by the Father? 
Because it was the only way God could forgive us for our sins and he remain holy and just. R.C. Sproul says this starkly. The hard reality is this. If Jesus was not forsaken on the cross, we are still in our sins. So why did Christ suffer the cross? We must not mistake what we have read as Jesus being a victim. Jesus was not the victim on the cross. How so? Because of this. He willingly entered this darkness. He willingly, in a great covenant of love made with the Father, determined to be engulfed by this darkness. He let the darkness have its way, and he let it do its worst. Consider these words afresh from Luke 23, 53. The rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The rulers did not realize what great irony there was in their words. He was not on that cross because he could not save himself. He was on that cross because it was the only way to save you and me. As Paul says in Romans 5.8, God shows his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Rightly has it been said, it wasn't the nails that held him there. It was his love for us. That is the darkness. But we are still left with this one light. What does this last candle mean? Simply this. The darkness did not overcome him. Though it was as bleak as it could be and the appearance of all hope had run out for those who watched that day, nonetheless we hear these last words from Jesus. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And with his last breath he said, It is finished. Not I am finished, but it, his work of paying for our sins, was finished, but he wasn't. As Jesus died in the darkness, he also revealed himself as the light of the world. He alone delivers us, delivers us from the evil of the world, from the sin of our heart, and from the judgment of God for our sins. And the words of the Apostle Paul from the letter to the Colossians, by the cross, God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. In him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin.